where the whiteboards are, a podcast by educators about all things education. Okay, uh, I figured today a good thing, you know, celebration of the season. Uh, talk about how we prepare ourselves for the school year. It's always, you know, sort of a phase that we enter, and um, I think everybody has their own way of approaching it. Um, you know, I don't know if there's an orthodox or like conventional way of doing so, but see what we have in common, see what's different. Um, you know, who, I don't know who wants to start. It's like the Sunday scaries, but times like a thousand, like the way regular work people feel. I feel like they're like, oh, it's Sunday. I got to go to work on Monday. It's, it's like, that sort of <laughs> dread oh, a little August. bit or like anxiety. But it's a month long. <laughs> but it's, but yeah, or several months, depending on. You know, like as soon as you start... leave in May. Right. Like as soon as you leave in May, you go, I got to come back. So let me ask this on that topic. Did any of you ever receive instruction or mentoring about how to start or how to prepare for the school year? Um, well, Harry Wong wrote a book that's called The First Day of School, I think. And every MSU class that I ever took said to read that book. I did not. Um, and that is the extent of my beginning the school year training. Good on you to remember the author. Yeah, yeah, I do. I do have that down. And I'm very confident that the name was correct. Uh, yeah, it always seems like the mentoring and the PD and the training and everything comes. OK, now that the school year has started, we're going to talk about what we are doing, not what we are going to do or what we want the school year to look like. But like, yeah, there's mm -hmm. you know, it's very much so, I think, left to each of us in our own personal devices to, to yeah, get there. I, I mean, I get that. Everybody's going to approach it differently and have a different system and need different things. But those first couple of years where it's like, I've never taught. I'm, I, I need more. I need more support. I need more instruction on how to set this up was a little scary. So it took, for me, it took maybe by year four. Mm -hmm. Maybe year four, it's like, oh, I, I think I can say I know what I'm doing. I'm probably doing stuff. I think it's interesting. So this is a semi-tangential, semi-not. My sister just got a job as an adjunct at a college. And I am fascinated by how little anything that they have provided her. And I was like, this is a college institution. Like people are paying money to take your class. And they've there's like no, this is how you should start viewing being a college professor, which I find crazy. But I feel like high school is very much so the same way, at least in my experience. I remember those like first two years of teaching, um, especially I was like, nobody has taught me how to how to do any of this part. And then like, Lord forbid, you have an extracurricular because no one taught me how to like sign kids up for a speech tournament, Ooh, yeah. how to take kids to a speech tournament, how to like get in touch with other professionals in that area. Like yeah. all of that, I felt very unprepared anything, for. That, that might be sort of like a blessing in disguise because it's that's a lot are affording agency to you as the you know, quote unquote, expert in the room of that. And it's like, instead of somebody telling you specifically what you're going to do and how you're going to do it, like, it's nice to have a little bit of room. But like you're saying, whenever you have no idea what you're right. doing, you know, that's where it's important to have a mentor. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Some structure. Yeah. I think there's some of those administrative tasks that are like, man, I'm not quite sure. Well, and it's interesting to too. Um, you can ask probably any teacher and they'll tell you different times when they'll come into their room for the first right. time after yeah. the summer. So yeah. some teachers are like, well, you know, I start July 1st and I come in every day and I get my room set up Psychotic. or my extracurriculars. Uh, sorry, no offense to any 
<laughs> oh god, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> bad. I I was that teacher though. We with the leadership program, we were in school in July. So there, a former student, her birthday was July sixteenth, and we were typically already started doing more or less full days setting up by her birthday, July 16th. <laughs> I, I think I should qualify that. Like, it's not all like, oh, we're super serious. We're not, I'm right. not like teaching. We're, we're planning, we're organizing, we're meeting with people in community groups. And there's a lot of just, you know, like playing around too. Like, oh, I found this really cool thing in the classroom. I forgot I had. Now let's all play with it and make jokes. <laughs> so there's like, <laughs> so the, like students are coming back and reestablishing some relationships. And, uh-huh. you know, I got to facilitate that. Plus, you know, kind of planning big picture stuff for the school year. Um, so I loved the beginning of school year time and like pre first day of school, that energy buildup. Uh-huh. Um, and the first day of school, like welcoming people back was I, I loved it and I miss it. I'm, I will be 100% honest. I am missing teaching right now yeah just that first day of school of like the excitement of people are coming back and some students are excited to be there some students are like i am not happy about (laughs) life but there's to me there was this positive of like it's a it's a chance to restart connections with students and give them a brand new chance and even if they're grumpy about being here i feel more energized and ready to go Let's everybody start from a clean slate. It it was just exciting. I hate the start of the school year. So if you want to just come take over (laughs) my room for like two weeks and then once it's like in a groove, I'll I'll take I'll take it back. But I hate like starting up a classroom, especially. I'm very like, look, this is really awkward right now, but like in a month, I promise we'll be cool. But like right now, I don't know how to talk to you. I'm so sorry. I'll figure it out. In it's a all this bit. frenetic energy that's pointed in every other direction that you're trying to get like focused in. Because <laughs> I feel that too. It's like once I'm, I just want to be in the groove. And I even felt that like at band camp, like literally day one of band camp, I'm already like, because I know what a band camp groove feels like. So I'm just in it, you know? Mm-hmm. But then, like, trying to convince the kids and, like... <laughs> I'm just that, referencing like, back in my brain to Eric's first few days of band camp this year where he was like, everybody's just jacking around the whole time. <laughs> I was like, well, they're having, like, fun band and you're right. in, like, serious band. <laughs> I, I just, I don't know. It's it's what yeah. I'm there to do. So I'm Did you do band do. camp last school year? Uh, yeah. So the last few years, I've been helping out, like, a different area band. Okay. Because since my, my school, we don't do a band camp because it's just parade band and like, right, right. I don't have to teach you how to read a dot on the field. I don't have to teach you how to march backwards or sideways or anything like that. It's literally just go forward down the street without dying. <laughs> you know? Which is harder cars. than it sounds. About kids almost getting hit by a car. But like, uh, so we don't do a band camp for my school. Okay. But I'm I've been it. able to help out. Yeah. Uh, it was actually where I student taught. Um, they've asked me back each nice. year. And yeah, I've been helping them out. And so that's super cool. And for me, that's really nice because it's always like almost exactly four weeks, like a month before yeah. my school actually starts or before my teacher days start. So it puts me in that mindset, but I don't have the uh, commitment of this is my program. It's more yeah. of I can just be staff on the field, like, you know, getting my 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 teaching yeah. Juices flowing. That sounds really uh, weird. Yeah, I'm so sorry. It's just like, I didn't know how else to finish that right, statement. I'm sorry. I'm with you. But, uh, you know, it gets me like thinking about pedagogy. Chickens with the teaching juices. 
<laughs> it gets me thinking about my pedagogy before it like matter. Well, it always matters, but uh, yeah. <laughs> but it, it gives you that chance to kind of slowly ramp up instead of like very yeah. abrupt start. Exactly. And it does like, it, it, it's that, it's that delineation of the summer months where, okay, now I'm thinking about what am I going to do with my band program, you know, yeah. and how am I going to like, what, what things am I worried about this year? What things are, am I going to try to do with them? And We've been watching a lot of Top Chef, and I think they call that a soft opening. It is a soft opening yeah. for your school year. Yeah, there yeah. you go. <laughs> I, I would, yeah, I, that's, yeah, I, like I think that. the approach that I liked, for mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And I think there's an opportunity for those few students that you interact with, whether it's a camp or, you know, gearing up for whatever you're doing, like creating some moments that you can kind of then draw upon once school started. And like, whether it's inside jokes or moments like you already have that relationship kind of started back mm-hmm. and it makes maybe the the entire endeavor of starting a little bit easier because you've already got some students that you you have some relationship with and, and yeah. created some moments well and yeah. i think with the stuco kids they they are there because they want to be mostly right. yeah and that's such a nice way to start because it's so infectious like they're yeah. excited or excited the possibilities are limitless at the start of the school year very fun. And what what I found is even if we could pull in the kid who did not want to give up any of their summer to come to school early, which I totally get. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like if they if they would come and whether they just ate chips all day, whatever, <laughs> there was a good chance they're coming back because it was something to do. A lot of times those students kind of hit that point at the end of the summer where they're kind of having the same feelings as many teachers are as well about like, ah, I don't want to go, but you just kind of get in there mm-hmm. and it, and it's a soft open even for them. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, okay, well, yeah, I'll, I'll come back and maybe I'll do a little bit more than just eat chips or, you know, <laughs> this time I'm bringing salsa. Yeah. <laughs> it, and so it, nice. it just kind of, it snowballed every year. It felt like we were able to add in more and more and it just, yeah, it was really positive. And it, even like w- <laughs> when other teachers came in, that was always really exciting. It's like, I may have seen you last week, but now we're in this building together as like <laughs> teacher mode. Like, I don't know. You're maybe I'm a teacher nerd. Happens. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So Jacob comes in July 16th, at least. Uh-huh. Um, how about everybody else? Um, so I feel like I'm the opposite. I feel like I am very much a cold open person. Yeah. I'm just deep dive into it. Um, the things that I do over the summer for preparing for education the next year, for teaching the next year. Um, involve taking some classes and doing some professional development. But the most important thing is meeting with other teachers and planning. And even if it's just talking about the summer and then, you know, spending 45 minutes complaining about what your new schedule looks like, and then you actually maybe plan some things, whatever that is. Um, But having the time to go meet at like a Panera and sit for four hours. And just plan and think through things is really how I get ready for the year. The other thing I really like is setting up my space, my room. You know, they tell you to take down all your decorations and fun stuff like that. Um, The best advice that I can give you is it is your room. It is not their room. It is yours. And you should make your room feel happy for you because you're in it the most. And it should feel welcoming to your students' Um, And if welcoming to your students or to you 
is a bat cave, then make it look like a bat cave. Like I just think Thank you. You should <laughs> I think I think it's a Batman reference, not a spooky bat reference. Well, uh, I can take the reference how I want. Okay. Interpretation right. is yo, everything. Yo, but I think I think teachers kind of fall into this. Oh, I gotta make it cutesy. I need right. crayons on my walls. And oh my gosh, I need to spend a thousand dollars to make Oof. it, you know, welcoming to my kids. No, put stuff that you like in your room. Well, what if, if I like that? I mean, if you like it, then go for it. I mean, you as an educator can put fun things in your room that you enjoy. You don't have to put those weird hang in there posters that they maybe the school supplies you or just right, weird right. things like that. Yeah. Like you should make your room feel comfortable and happy space yeah. for you. I wish somebody would have instilled that into me early because it, I felt like it took me a long time to even approach that. And even at the end, I don't feel like I did a very good job. Um, I think it's hard for me to commit to like decorations. Anyway. It's like, uh, what Dude, if I want to take it down? But the, anyways, the most effort I've ever put into decoration is the kid gives me a piece of art that they did. And I'm like, yeah. hey, thanks. And I pin it on the wall. Yeah. Very like, same. All of all of the decoration in my room is 100 percent like. Uh, student contributed but i understand the reasoning of like make it your space be comfortable and yeah. relaxed and your room was great you had like you had the owls and and really i felt like your room was a room like that too that's so flattering <laughs> <laughs> i did nothing at all well, you had, like, in my mind you did like it felt very you thank you <laughs> to me, the best room i think i was ever in 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 our building was uh, one of the math teachers that I co-taught with. Um, I was and, thinking and about was, her in my brain as you were saying oh, it. Yeah, I was it like, was it's going to be her. It was yep. so comfortably comfortable and aesthetically just relaxing. And I'm like, oh, this she she's a pro. She's a master of what she does. And this is purposeful. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And I feel like, so I definitely, after switching schools, have mm -hmm. discovered what I enjoy on my walls. So in my classroom, I bought a bunch, just a pack of like, a hundred different postcards and I just have them all on my walls. And then I also bought Christmas lights and I have soft lighting. I hate fluorescent lights. Yeah. If you're somebody that also gets headaches from fluorescent lights, your students are also probably people that get headaches from fluorescent lights. Um, so I really take the time to go, what do I want to sit in? You know, like what, what is it that I like? Color, smell. Um, I know they say don't buy air fresheners and it can mess with people's allergies. But 30 16-year-olds in a room is the stinkiest so can a lot thing. Of BO. <laughs> oh, it's bad. It's BO and Axe body spray. I don't know who invented Axe. They need to go away. Like whoever did that to society. <laughs> Please, it doesn't no. cover anything. It just right. mixes with the scent. Right. It, <laughs> just it's, it's just now its well. own odor. It is. It's really bad. So buy air fresheners. Enjoy uh, them. I will say like respect to the elementary teachers because nothing has been as sour to my nostrils, my olfactory bulb up here <laughs> in a fourth grade classroom. I was like, what is wrong with these children? <laughs> well, is it because they had carpet? First of all, they're sticky. Yeah, well, they're always sticky. I don't, just to be clear, I don't actually think there's anything wrong with them. It's just like this really weird yeah. age. Like the third graders weren't nearly as bad. The fifth graders weren't nearly as bad. Fourth grade, I was like, oh my God, open a window. Like, is fourth grade like when you start getting sweaty? Is that probably that? Maybe Possibly. that's the problem. Early or like you don't know how to not fart. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> but. Kindergartners are really good at acknowledging Kindergartners and Amanda. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. And like, I think 
beginning of year of the year. The other thing that I do is obviously since I'm an English teacher is I read a lot during the summer. Most summers. Some summers I read a little less, but I always try to pick up a couple of things that are young adult books that I can recommend to my students. Um, I use a lot of summertime to reconnect with family. You know, yes, we do get some breaks throughout the school year, but they're typically holidays. Um, So it's nice to be able to travel and use that time to go see friends and family. Um, It also helps you get ready for the school year, I think, whenever you can see your annoying relatives and you're like, oh, I'd rather be in a school than be with you. So that makes me feel a little better. I hope they're not listening. (laughs) Marge, I'm sorry. Uh, Oh, Marge. Wow. I don't actually even know a Marge. That's what she's telling us. That was a Harry Potter reference. (laughs) I tried to, in, in those weeks month leading up to school have every single day planned out for the year N- not knowing like what? it wasn't to, <gasps> amazing <laughs> all right l- let me qualify this because i am i am the person that'll deviate from a plan and believes in flexibility but it just it uh, helped me it gave me such reassurance to know like i have a plan for every day like even if it's a rough plan of like i know where this chapter is going to be. I know what, what I'm doing in this class in case something comes up and I can't be there. I generally know where I should have assessments and those sort of things. It, it really freed up so much like cognitive bandwidth throughout the year. I fully believe that. I'm just in shock. Right. Right. I'm, well, I'm and amazed. I, and I'm, I'm such there. a spreadsheet nerd. Like I, I love a good spreadsheet. <laughs> I, man, Dear listener, I Jacob's whole body just yes. like relax. Yeah. And I had it set up in Google sheets. Wow. Yeah. It's Shout collaborative. Out. Yeah, I don't know if you guys have heard of this small company, Google. Uh, <laughs> anyways, like, so I could have this spreadsheet of just drop the days and then I could type out just a rough, here's the title of the lesson or what I'm doing. And then I could link it to another spreadsheet so I could print like, this is what we're doing for the week. Like it just pulled that information. It was just really handy. I'm going to have a sub. Or if a parent's like wants to know what's going on because their kid's being pulled out or they just want to be in the loop, I can say, hey, this is our rough plan for the whole year. And then I can update that spreadsheet as I go along, as assignments change, as test dates change. We have a pop-up assembly, you know, and, and everything changes. Like it, w- it was just super helpful for me and allowed me to kind of focus on other important things just because I had that framework. Like once I, once I was able to do that, I just felt like a better teacher. See, I'm, I'm kind of <clears throat> on the opposite end of the spectrum Yeah, with that. Like, obviously there were landmarks like uh in band like i have i know there's going to be a winter concert i know we're going to have veterans day i know we're going to have mm-hmm. you know yeah. a state large ensemble and like stuff like that so that those landmarks are like set for me and as a history teacher obviously i i knew that like by christmas i need to be talking about world war ii you know that kind of stuff yeah, like, yeah, yeah. for pacing but uh what i found is like in in the first few years of teaching the harder i tried to be on top of that planning the more out of control of it i i personally felt because you know as as things develop obviously it's going to deviate yeah and so now i'm very much of the mindset of like i'm just 
going to go in and, you know, I know that there's going to be punches to roll with and I'm just going to get good at rolling with punches yeah. instead of actively trying to dodge them, which whenever I put it like that, doesn't sound like, you know, You're the best the master way. master of the mixed metaphor today. <laughs> I'm so sorry. It's, I'm bad with it. It's not his juices. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's all the flowing, the man. Yeah. Yeah. Everywhere. Anyway, I just, um, so I, sticky. for me, I was oh. able to say, okay, I've got this many extra days in the calendar of like flex. Mm-hmm. It's so easy for me just to like get in deep on a subject and it's like, oh, we spent one week on one, like one problem. Yeah. And it's like, well, that's not good. Was it calculus? So I, I needed that like framework for me or else I would just, I would go, the, the wheels would come off and it would be a train wreck. I guess it's also different for band. Like I just get up and wave my arms and like, yeah, do better. And I wave my arms some more, you know? <laughs> There you go. Now you, dear listener, can also be a band director. <laughs> Eric's whole career. Also a track coach. <laughs> also a track coach. Run faster. Yeah. Do you wave your arms for track? Uh, yeah, sometimes. Yeah. Circle yeah. Like this. sometimes. Yeah. yeah. I didn't know if it was like, you know, a hard habit to break. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm a balance of the two of those. I don't have my whole year planned out like that's beautiful. And I love that for you. And I mm-hmm. wish I was on that journey with you. Um, but I do plan out my units and I do think about like, you know, the first month of school or whatever. Um, I think especially at the high school setting, it's a little different too, because there are students that are going to switch from your section to another section or, um, the movability of that happens in the first couple weeks of school. And so you really don't feel like you can get into your content area until those changes have, Mm -hmm. have happened. Um, and I've run into that even just going over like the syllabus, like, oh, go over the syllabus the first day. They'll love that. Um, and listen to that for seven hours. Um, but but my rules are really unique. I need you to hear them. <laughs> right. They're, don't Shut don't touch my out. stuff. They're, don't touch my stuff. Sit down right. and don't touch each other. That's it. Like, that's all we need you to do. Right? Chill. Have a seat. It's right. going to be fine. And just remember what noise a waterfall makes. <laughs> Well, this has been a nice recording session. Okay. <laughs> Sam's out. I'm leaving. Oh, so, yeah. So, like, I think teachers that, you know, go over the syllabus the first week, I mean, yes, the syllabus is important, but I do think that there are better ways to teach kids your operations and what it looks like in your classroom. Um, you know, you can actually have them have some autonomy in that and decide on some things with you um, if you're comfortable doing that and depending on what grade level you teach. Um, I teach high school, so obviously that's very different than, say, a fourth grade classroom that smells bad. (laughs) Um, So that's something to think about, too, is like what impression do you want to give as as a, you know, the first time they're meeting you? Are you wanting to hand them a piece of paper and say, this is your syllabus, read it? Yeah, there's a there's definitely a movement around the country in, in some school districts where the focus is the first few days first week is relationship building there's mm-hmm. no academics whatsoever and it's called lots of different things like no backpack what whatever they want to call it i think there's value to that but there's also like to me it's kind of scary as somebody who mm-hmm. lives in that world of like leadership and relationship development it's also kind of scary like to give up those days yeah and to entrust that everybody in the building is going to do that right right Mm-hmm. Like, I, I would love to do that. I, I think it would be great. I think there's a lot of benefit I could draw from that of just like, let's just spend 
this class period and get to know each other and like really develop those relationships. I'll just show him Austin Powers. (laughs) (laughs) Dear listener, you don't even know. (laughs) Sorry. But yeah, I think you have to almost have a balance of that. Like, you know, let's have fun and let's get to know each other. But also these are my hard and fast rules. Like we're not going to behave like monkeys in a zoo. Like this is not appropriate behavior for how we're going to operate. So I think you have to kind of have both. Um, So yeah, it's, and it's interesting too, because at a smaller school, you might have had those kids multiple times. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, you might have them multiple times in the day, yep. if not um, multiple times throughout their high school career. Whereas where I teach now, I probably only see them once, and then I chances are I probably won't see them again. Okay, bye. Yeah. yeah. So, so it's a little different in terms of relationship building and what that looks like. Yeah. 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 I, I definitely think there's a balance. And regardless of grade level... Like there are procedures that students need to learn Mm -hmm. and it probably makes sense that you want to get them on board early on so that they can practice. So those things can be modeled, you know, and and different teachers and different classrooms and subjects are going to have different procedures. Like what you do in my classroom, you know, where I had a a kitchen, I had a bathroom, I had lots of crazy stuff is going to be different than what they need to do in a classroom with like a science lab and live animals and, and various things. So, yeah, I think there's, yeah, some of that structure. Like, it's a weird balance. Um, I get to go up to uh, Seckman High School here at the end of the month. They're doing, I think it's their maybe third day of school, maybe second. I don't know. I should probably know. Uh, But they're doing, like, it's kind of uh, a day of activities for students. So, it's like, we're not going to do just classroom stuff. So, um, get get to help run that for them. And it's like, all right, so... People are out there doing it and it'll be interesting to see what they're doing. And, and hopefully I get to go back throughout the year and help them, help them run that and see the, the results of that. Mm-hmm. Um, it was something I always wanted to try. I just didn't, I didn't always feel comfortable with uh, all the, the colleagues being able to be on the same page mm-hmm. to do that. So, yeah. Well, and it can be scary. I do think like, especially if you're new, um, there's collaboration and relationship building like that does result in some surrender of control mm-hmm. and so it is kind of scary to like okay i'm gonna have kids in my room for 45 minutes but we're not going to talk about something that i feel really comfortable in we're going to try to do this instead so yeah like a skill set that needs to be developed so so do you do you teach teachers how to do that by having them do icebreakers oh my lanta um so here's the thing i hate icebreakers right and, <laughs> and collectively. I think that there are better ways for kids to express who they are than to me go, for me to go around the room and go, what's your favorite color? What, <laughs> when do you do this summer? Right. What's your favorite book? Um, there are better authentic interactions that can happen with your students than some of those corny, tacky icebreakers. And I'm somebody that comes from the world of loving icebreakers. Yeah. So for me to have this sort of shift in my mind, especially because some of the things that we ask our students to do on the first day of school are really uncomfortable. Like asking them to even say their name and tell us a fact about themselves can really alienate some of those kids. Um, so I think that there are better ways and smarter ways to, to go about an icebreaker. Sure. Like what? What's sure. one example? Um, so something I was thinking about is even just having puzzles mm-hmm. or board games, something that I did in my, when I taught 
drama for one year. Um, I had them play board games together. Just hear some board games. Get to know each other in a game setting or, you know, provide puzzles or I do breakout boxes pretty frequently in my classroom. So here's a community builder that is not an icebreaker of a um, pick somebody with a red shoe and go talk to them and and force that friendship or relationship to take place. I think there are better ways to do that. Only one person's wearing red shoes. <laughs> so there's, there's definitely an idea of like social risk mm-hmm. that needs to be thought about uh, before you go into that. And, you know, different teachers will be, able to, will be able to implement things differently based on their own skill sets and what they're comfortable with. I love that idea of like a common experience that's not academic. Nobody's being spotlighted. It's just kind of like common ground. Um, it's a great introductory uh, thing, but hopefully buildings have people who kind of specialize in, and I hate to say icebreakers because I think that's not nuanced <laughs> enough right. as somebody who like, that's what I shouldn't say. That's what I did, but that's a big part of like team building mm-hmm. and taking different groups of people and, and trying to pull them out of their comfort zone in a very meaningful way. Cause if you go high risk right away, you're going to do more harm than good. So if you're that teacher that's not sure how to engage students, like find somebody in your building that that is. Maybe they teach a leadership class or they, they run a club or they've been around a long time. Um, there's lots of different ways to do it. Um, yeah. I always think of it as like if you're, if you're somebody who needs some assistance in this area, right? I am very comfortable as an individual taking blame. And like Ooh. putting the risk on me. Sure. So like if I force everybody to sit in alphabetical order, for example, there's no risk in you deciding where you have to sit. And if you like uh, feel awkward sitting next to somebody, will you just blame it on me? Like I made it happen. Um, and so like the first day I try to make it to where like students don't really have to make that many decisions. Right. And yeah. I'm like using my force of energy to make things happen. And then like as we go through the week, they can make a few more um, which I think helps like, well, it's not in my control as a 14 year old. This lady is just yeah. <laughs> controlling what I'm doing right now. I have to. I'm so sorry. No, I like that. I like that. That's interesting. <laughs> we could do a whole episode just on like making students comfortable mm-hmm. and giving them yeah. a safe space to kind of develop themselves and slowly release that versus like we're doing this high risk activity like you know, give a speech while everybody stares at you. Right. And I, I, I would hate that as a student. Yeah. I hate that as a teacher. We go through professional development. Um, if you're an educator, we go through it very, very frequently. Um, do we? Uh, I mean, okay, <laughs> maybe not enough. <laughs> not enough maybe valuable yes. PD happens. Yes. Um, yeah. But the whole concept of the icebreaker Always happen. So I'm I'm really divided on this because I I absolutely see the value in icebreakers and team builders when they're done intentionally, but so many times they're not. It's like oh I I read about this or I saw it at a conference, so we're just gonna do it. And there's no build up. There's no debriefing afterwards. I mean that's a huge part of it. And and yeah, so so many times it's like high risk or there's no buildup, so people haven't bought in. Mm-hmm. So you get the opposite effect, and don't do childish, infantilizing activities with with adults. Right? Uh, you know, like 
the audience matters. Yes, yeah. yes, it yeah. does. But I, I do see the value in those types of things, but they have to be done correctly. Mm-hmm. Like, right. I wonder what it looks like in a corporate setting. Like what some of these, like, are there really good icebreakers for adult learning learners yeah. um no like, i bet they're, they're just worse. as awkward I, right like are are they all terrible so uh, i'm gonna bring in my lovely wife <laughs> who every, is a gem yes yes every friday they have something called fun friday and somebody leads a fun activity and it and yeah they're usually low risk sometimes it's we're just i'm gonna tell a funny story and sometimes it, we're gonna do more of a game but the idea is Again, team building, um, it's usually a, a common group if people are busy. Like, it's not like absolutely forced, mm-hmm. um, but it's it's successful. It's fun. But again, uh, it, it's smaller groups. And it, yeah, it's very corporate. Don't get me wrong. There's value in it. And right. it's not like they're professionals. That's what they do because they kind of have a agency or autonomy to kind of create their own. Um so yeah, there. Yeah, I could I could go on and on and on about <laughs> about this. Well, and it's interesting because we use icebreakers, this tactic or whatever, the first couple weeks of school. Yeah, and then oftentimes, unlike in Jacob's, probably the unique one here in that he used it year round. Mm-hmm. Um, it's forgotten or it's it it goes yeah. away from your classroom, and so I wonder if there is a better way to build those fun Fridays, those things that we can do as a class to build that community that doesn't just happen at the start of the year, but can continue and build um, as we get to the end of the year. Because let's face it, our kids hate group work. We hate group work. Like as a, like collectively, I don't like being put in a group because chances are I'm going to do it all, you know, or I'm going to get just a random assigned. Right. Yeah. And so I also wonder if that can help with some of that the clickiness or the, you know, the hesitancy to be in a group or be involved with other people. Cause let's face it, you do have to kind of get along with other people in certain aspects of society. For sure. I think it matters who leads those activities. Mm -hmm. It it tends to be, it's going to be an outside person or it's a direct administrator. I have not taken any administrator courses. Uh, Sam, you have like, is there any like, education instruction on, on how to do those things facilitate and debrief and or is it just a, you go to a conference you see something and emulate it yeah That's the buzzword for the year i mean so when i was getting my uh, master's in administration i think there was a discussion about like facilitating building culture um not so much about like creating fun moments for like that maybe would be an option that you have to facilitate building culture but it wasn't like something that we covered in class um as in my doctorate i just took a class over adult learning and i was telling amanda yesterday it legitimately baffles me that like we as educators don't use any of the theory or research in adult learning on each other which i think is super bizarre but again that's not really like hey this is a way for us to engage together it's more so just like the theory behind how we engage so all that to say no no (laughs) people are not teaching your administrators how to do better at that and and maybe it's just too small because there's not like if you if a school doesn't do icebreakers they're not a worse school right right you know so the opportunity to do that i you know i work or have worked with a lot of professionals like that's a big part of what we do Mm -hmm. like if you have somebody in your building that can do that, let them do that. Like I would have been able to probably do it more successful than other people in our building. Luckily we didn't have to go through a lot of that, mm-hmm. but 
I also think there's like a time and a place. Right. Like by the time I am in my like X year teaching at a school, to be honest, like I know this is kind of lame, but I just want to hang out with my friends. Like don't, I don't want to have to like suffer through um, like this tense moment that I might be having with my colleague who I literally never talked to except for this moment that you're forcing (laughs) me to talk to them. Um, It doesn't really seem like a great use of my time. So it's kind of like a pick and choose your moments. And realize like it, it mirrors back on students. Like if we're going to don't manufacture these fake moments for colleagues, but like don't do the same thing for students, like be intentional and authentic in what you do. And and you'll hopefully get the same back. So. Absolutely. Um, Coming back to actually prepping for the school year, because all of that's like technically the school year has started. Uh, okay. Um, you got to think about how it begins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, Week absolutely. One. No, for sure. And like mm-hmm. knowing what you're going to do before all of that. I don't know. I feel like, you know, I said that I more or less crash into the year because like there's always going to be punches. And so just be good at rolling with the punches. But I do find that like as far as actually preparing, I have to be in the space, you know, and trying to think about the school year not in the space, like at home or mm-hmm. whatever like that, I just end up sort of spiraling because now I'm thinking about it, but I'm not in the place where I can do something about it, mm-hmm. you know? And so it just like creates this anxiety, this like tension. Um, so being in the space helps me. But. I've done nothing. <laughs> You've done nothing. Yeah. I was like, I don't really have a good. Um, so I didn't go to my room at all. I have not been there. Yeah. Um, also, my room is farther away than it used to be. And I don't really want to drive there. Gas is expensive. It's hard out here. Um, so I didn't go to my room. I like to habitually start the summer with like a list of books that I'm going to read. And then I don't. read them but i did make the list so that is nice um and then really i think i'm just banking on um i have four days of professional development teacher work days um and i am gonna do stuff during them and that is my you're also starting year 10 i think that's the difference Uh, uh, is we can jump in and it's gonna be okay we know what it feels like we know how it's gonna go um i did go to my room once, um, but it was totally selfish. I just hung up a bunch of Christmas lights all over, um, and they're wonderful. They can go to music, and it's going to be a big dance party in my room, not with children, just me by myself um, or like my colleagues during lunch. They get to experience the dance party. I will be DJ Woody Wood, um, but no, not for the children. It's really for me. Like I said, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty selfish about my room now that I've figured out that my room is for me and not my kids. Um, so yeah, I've been up there. I've read a lot. I I decided to like renovate my house this summer. So that was a horrible decision. Um, is this just, how you prepare for the school year? Yeah, you because provide yourself with an immense I, amount of stress. Yeah, it just, it's very, very <laughs> stressful. And so I still am living sort of in that quasi stress state. Um, So I really didn't feel like I had a very relaxing summer to reinvigorate me for teaching, but I know I'm going to be okay. I think at the end of the day, depending on how you prep, whether that is spending time with your family or prepping for the entire year um, and making sure that you have a game plan set up for your success, what really matters is that you come into the year excited for those kids and excited to hopefully be in that room and teach whatever it is that you teach. 
If you have any comments, questions, uh, topic suggestions, anything like that, please feel free to reach out to us. We have an email address. It is WTWA at 277media.com, where the whiteboards are. WTWA at 277media.com. Thanks for listening to Where the Whiteboards Are. The opinions expressed in our podcast are that of the individuals and do not represent the opinions of their employees, school districts, or communities in which they work.